Hello and welcome to Room Escape Divas, your podcast on everything escape rooms. Today we're super excited because we have someone from Windsor. His name is Kyle. He told me how his last name was pronounced the oh. last time I met him, and I don't remember, so I'm not going to try, but he's going to tell us his last name. Anyway, he has an escape club, and we're excited to talk to him. Woo! Okay, I know how this goes. My name is Errol. I'm Amanda. I'm Ruby. And I'm eating watermelon. And Woo! all of us are here! Yay! like recording like so many podcasts ahead of time i don't know if all of us are here or not at time i know the next one that we have scheduled i'm not going to be there it's going to be all man pans 100 uh-huh. yeah. man pans 100 of the time it'll be well great. no there's the guest that she's interviewing <laughs> <laughs> anyway welcome kyle thank you so much for having me on today oh i'm so happy that you're here the first time i met kyle was at the Escape Summit. I think that's the the first time we all met him. And I wanted to talk to him because he has this cool escape club. Except before I get into that, probably I should ask him your whole name. Hi, Kyle. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? (laughs) Yeah, sure. So for starters, my full name is Kyle Casillas. Oh, Um, if I tried to say that, I would have gotten it wrong. (laughs) I didn't try. It's all good. I I get a bunch of different pronunciations. I think I got Mm -hmm. Cactusillus once. That was interesting. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, yeah, other than that, I'm in my fifth year of business at the University oh. of Windsor with a specialization in marketing. Hmm. I Ooh. actually have quite a few jobs. I have two teaching assistant positions for human resources and quantitative marketing decisions. I used oh, to wow. work at a career office on campus, and currently I'm an orientation coordinator, which is actually a really hmm. cool job because I get to welcome all the first years coming into university during Welcome Week. Mm-hmm. And I'm really excited because there's a lot of game planning I get to do during that aspect. And it's nice to have that oh, game-based learning yeah. implemented into it. Hmm. So it's like, hi, my name is Kyle Casillas. I'm go. <laughs> your coordinator. Do you want to do an escape room with me? It's like that. <laughs> or probably mm-hmm. a little less creepy. So what's really <laughs> cool is that you have an escape club. And that's really neat. Tell us more about your escape club. Yeah. So it actually started back in the fall of 2017. It was for one of our classes called Organizational Behavior. And the goal of the class was throughout the semester, you had to raise $1,000 through doing some kind of charity work. Wow. Oh, you mean like real money? Real money. I think you're talking about real money. (laughs) It was interesting because before the assignment started, our professor made all of us take a personality test. And according Uh to those results, he put us to groups of different personalities on purpose. Uh, Hmm. Gotcha. Wow. So what what was yours? Uh, Mine was yellow. I like I like to talk a lot during oh. meetings, and I'm a little more ah. extroverted inside. Ah, nice. That's not <laughs> yeah. me. but I also have gold as well, so I'm a little yeah. more the organized session as well. So it's a nice balance, which I like. So. <laughs> hmm. Oh wow! I forgot what mine was. I think mine was mostly green and yellow. What was green again? Maybe I'm not green. Uh, depending on the test, green means creativity for the one I took. Oh, yeah, I think that was the same thing. Yeah. I think some of it was green and yellow because I'm a little bit of an extrovert. A little bit, eh? And there was also blue. I think blue, wasn't that the emotional one? Yes, depending on the test, that is one of them. And another one calls to be competitive. Hmm. Hmm. Oh. That's both of you. Oh. Yeah. oh you're both of those. <laughs> Sorry. I remember that competitive? <laughs> I don't know why everybody thinks I'm so competitive. It depends on what. 
<laughs> yeah, it depends on it depends on you know if I, like competitive for being the biggest Totoro fan. Then you always then try I'm to gonna... compete for the sweatiest Asian too. That's true. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, and who loves his wife more? So uh, you're ah! like you're like uselessly competitive. <laughs> yeah, useless. that's true. That's true. I compete on things nobody really wants, so I can make sure I win. It's amazing. <laughs> oh boy, oh, I, we got distracted here. Surprise. Oh, right, 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 right. So you had a personality test, and then they put you into groups. Anyway, so continue with your yeah. story. I'm sorry. <laughs> no worries. So one of our ideas was actually to build an escape room on campus to raise those funds. Oh. And since it was near the holiday season, we actually constructed a holiday escape room under campus. And for all the admissions we took in, that would help for donations to help with contribute for the project. So at the end of the semester and at the end of that project and another project we did, we were able to accumulate two over two thousand dollars, which was great oh, for the project. Oh wow! Yeah, Gee, which is whiz. awesome. Yeah, that's wow, more than a thousand. Yeah, so, so we were <laughs> incredibly stoked with our results. He so doubled was these... his earnings that he was expected to. <laughs> yeah. So I guess in terms of break even, I guess the cost for escape room was only about fifty dollars, I think. And we were lucky so, because we actually got a thousand dollars donated because oh, wow. I didn't know this, but one of our group members uh one of their parents promised to pay a thousand dollars if we actually raised the one thousand dollars ourselves already oh, oh wow yeah That's and there's our other event where we did window painting mm-hmm. uh during uh-huh. the holiday season so we had art volunteer art students do the painting and then we collected the admissions to be donated for our project as well so it was a really wow. nice integrative solution altogether so hmm. in the end the moral of this podcast is follow your dream if you have money yeah. <laughs> Actually, know, what I forgot to ask you, Kyle, did you click record on your audacity? Yes, <laughs> I, I did. I oh, did. Yeah. Yeah. You're all it's like, set. let's check I that don't... 10 minutes in. <laughs> <sighs> no, no, it's only seven minutes oh. in. I don't know if Kyle clapped, though, for the sync test. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I'll okay. get it. No, I think good. I pressed yeah. record the same time you guys clapped. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. Kyle is on top of things. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. So I when guess it's amazing. the gold first... in me, right? So it's just the gold. Yeah, like he is organized. Yeah, that's right? true. That is that is true. Oh, that's why yeah, I have but... a lot of gold in me too. Uh-huh. Not at all. I'm not. Anyway, so so what got you interested in escape rooms to begin with? I think it's because even growing up, I always loved playing video games. And even when I turned to 20, I decided the best way to celebrate it was to lock my friends in my basement, have them solve puzzles uh-huh. to escape. <laughs> There you go. Good. And ever I do since, that and I don't give them puzzles. So go ahead. <laughs> um, and ever since, every semester we've been creating different escape rooms on campus for different charities oh, wow. and student hmm. groups. So some of our partners have been the Best Buddies, which helps develop relationships with persons with disabilities with students. Um, another one of our challenging ones actually was for the Bystander Initiative on our campus, which is aimed to help students develop pro-social bystander strategies to avoid sexual assaults. So that was actually a real challenging one for us because the whole escape room was meant to be a big lesson on to develop those indirect strategies. And all the puzzles that we created for that room actually had real-world facts associated with them. So, for example, one of our final puzzles was you had to find out which one of the four drinks was tampered with, ultimately. And that was to reflect the fact that one out of four women will actually experienced sexual assault on campus all throughout Canada. Hmm. Yeah, so even during mm. the debrief session, it was a really great opportunity to help students who participate in our room really learn all the different strategies. And it was hmm. nice to be an integrative solution. 
And how was the response to that to that escape room in general? Because that is that is a very uh, touchy topic, I can imagine. Oh yeah, no, one hundred percent. Even during the planning and brainstorming process, it was actually very difficult because mm-hmm. we wanted to make sure we weren't crossing any barriers, and we wanted to remain mm-hmm. ethical throughout the entire process. Uh, but all the students loved it in the end. It was great. Hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. It was part of was a part of orientation as well, or is was a part of the beginning games, or was a part of a program? You probably said this. I mean, oh, yeah. so this is part of a program on campus since they reached out to us since they knew mm-hmm. we were an uh, initiative oh, that helped with it. Cool. Yeah. So, how many escape rooms have you created then by by now? Ooh, that's a good question. I think we've created about five five pop up escape rooms. Cool. Mm-hmm. Nice. And so what did you learn from your first escape room? What was it about when you made it? <laughs> oh, so our first or maybe, one. <laughs> you know, the first time you made it with your friends in the basement, or <laughs> I don't know which one was your very first one. Yeah. So I guess our first one was the one in the basement, but our very first one would have been our holiday one. And the whole point of the room was the elf stole Santa's glasses, and he had to solve a puzzle throughout the room to help him retrieve him. Mm. Elves. Uh, that was a great experience because... <laughs> I think we even broke one of the fundamental rooms of escape rooms during our first one because you had to break a balloon to find a key. Mm. <laughs> ah. um, and we specifically told them, hey, make sure you don't break anything when entering the room as well. Oh. So when I look back at that, I'm like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> that was a bad rule. Don't break anything exactly. except that balloon. Uh, but even on top of that, we actually are fortunate to have an opportunity coming up where there's a youth group who wants us to provide escape rooms for them along with the oh, Science cool. Society on our campus. So this is a great way for us to review the escape rooms we've done in the past and see where we can improve upon them mm-hmm. after knowing everything we know. So whenever you're given these projects, Kyle, are you normally like given a budget to work within or is it kind of like, eh, do what you can with no budget or, hey, we got lots of money? Yeah, um, <laughs> it's more <Not> rich parents. <laughs> it's more on the first side. A lot of it is usually my money that goes into it, oh. but it's not a lot. Our bud- I think our biggest budget was probably about like $50. And oh, we're wow. really able well, to stretch with that amount. So hmm. what kinds of things do so what what does that fifty dollars yeah. go towards? <laughs> like, uh, just, just curious, uh, like do you do you have props? Do you is it mostly paper type things? Like student labor. You know, fifty dollars goes labor, a long way. Volunteer hours. <laughs> yeah. So a lot of it comes towards props and definitely locks as well. Mm. But we usually use a lot of it from cardboard and usually repaint it and reconstruct it to form any of the other props we need in our rooms. Uh, for example, for the first escape room we did for the holiday one, I actually created a chimney out of cardboard boxes where you could mm. see like a key dangling near the fire pit, but you had to open the top of the chimney with a lock to get it. Nice. Yeah, it's a lot of DIYs on YouTube, but it's pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> and and students just don't go wild and start destroying things? They're pretty respectful? <laughs> they are, surprisingly. They really are, actually. Wow. Good job, students. <laughs> <laughs> And I feel fortunate, too, because a lot of the time, I will be their first escape room they've ever done. Oh. So it's nice that I get to be the one that helps them pave their way of expectations of what escape rooms can be. Mm-hmm. 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 I think we th- we made the mistake earlier on one of our very first events. Like, maybe students will come to our event. No. We're too expensive. <laughs> well, it was because we were very close yeah. to the university. You know, that's actually interesting because we actually charge $10 for our rooms because we know we're working with students. And actually, for the bystander room, we actually did a donation based, and we took the average mm. cost in the end. We found that students paid about seven ninety. So I guess that's okay. how students kind oh. of position how much they think an escape room is worth. I guess in their mind. 
Going kind of back to your team, I guess. So it was interesting is that your teacher kind of grouped you together and obviously you love puzzles and you love locking your friends in basements and such. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what about the rest of your team? So when you guys were deciding on a project, how much was it? Was it a lot of you trying to convince them that this was a great idea? Were they all pretty much on board? Like, yeah, we love escape rooms. It's actually funny because when that project happened, one of my other friends in the group suggested it first. <laughs> and no! I immediately went on board with it. Nice. Amazing. And ever since that class, I've been continuing every semester with those friends along with other friends outside of the classroom as well. And I think they all really enjoy it a lot just because they get to learn different skills or improve upon them, such as programming, HR skills, marketing through social media, and mm. all those other business-like aspects. Yeah, I was going to ask, so yeah, what... Yeah, what roles did people tend to fall into? Yeah, so for our job descriptions, well, I guess not so much a job because it's all volunteer, but um, work. we have puzzle masters, <laughs> which help with the brainstorming, designing puzzles, and the setup of the room. Then we have our HR team as well, which kind of helps dictate meetings, along with seeing like where everyone's at and what they're comfortable with. And we also have our marketing and accounting teams. So our marketing team will be responsible for the usual taking a picture after a group has completed a room, uploading to social media, reaching out to other campus partners. And then our accounting team makes sure just to track not only everyone entering the room, but also our expenses as well. Hmm. All $50. I know. All $50. Wow. <laughs> I bet all these owners listening in are probably are like, cringing? I wish I could make a $50 room and yeah. charge $10 a person. Because they'd be like, ROI. Yeah. But making a $50 room is impossible for an owner. No, no, no. The, the, the lesson, it's it's in between the lines here. It's a u- university-based. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, sorry. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> so you're and the and the groups on campus have been very responsive to the escape room club idea. It seems. Yes, yes, very excited because even actually a few yesterday they, that's when the science society actually contacted me, saying that they wanted us to do some rooms for them so they can better improve their teamwork skills as well since they have their new executive positions entering into the new school year soon. Hmm. So do, can people join your escape club and you have to pay dues? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. So usually I just keep it more to my friend group. But I'm definitely open to welcome anyone who decides to join. And it's all volunteer work, so we never get paid for it. But yeah, no, honestly, it's an amazing experience. And I love it so much. What has been one of your favorite designs so far that you've done? Oh, that's a good one. So I think that's either a tie between our bystander room or april fool's escape room Ooh, yeah just because april the... fool's escape room yeah yeah april fool yeah i could actually start with that one so the april fool's was our most recent one and i was really excited because i finally learned how to program <laughs> how to change the music when you enter certain commands into the computer hmm. because i think the premise of that room was you're being hired to help the ultimate prankster pull off a prank but then april fool's on you it was actually you the one who was being pranked and you're about to be sent to jail <laughs> for violent crimes <laughs> oh, oh, April wow. Fool! Yeah. Yep. go to jail. And I think a great thing about our group as well is I actually use a lot of the material that you guys talk on your podcast um, and stuff that Scott Nicholson ever wrote to even dictate the lessons of how we design our rooms as well. Oh, hmm. yeah. So you guys have been an indirect teacher for us. So thank you for that. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> how did you find our podcast then? 
Did you just search? Yeah, so escape room? yeah, I searched escape room podcast, and I think I found it last summer. So it's been about about a year now, actually. As Errol mentioned earlier. We met you during the Escape Room Summit, Mm -hmm. which was really fun. And we were kind of talking before this podcast, uh, before we started recording, about how you enjoyed it and stuff. And you mentioned that what was really interesting and beneficial to you was talking to other owners who, for instance, don't make escape rooms for $50 for, you know, where, where people, where students pay $7. So... What what was some of the things you learned from the summit that you might use in the future? Yeah, so definitely, I remember I attended one of the sessions where they were connecting education over to escape room knowledge. And mm. it was interesting because, oh, his name escapes me right now, but he owns the board game cafe in Peterborough. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was mentioning how he went into the curriculum of the schools, and that's how he was able to tell teachers right out the connections between what they'll learn in escape room and the curriculum connections. Um, Errol's escape room, I learned a lot with puzzle design flow as well. When I saw the big map where all the different puzzles connecting, I was like, oh my gosh, that's how I need to organize my puzzles for a better visual display. <laughs> I remember, Kyle, I think I pointed him out. Did I point <laughs> you out? I think I might have called you out in my class. You seminar, called everybody out. Called it. Yeah, I did. <laughs> <laughs> Because I want to make sure they're paying attention. So I talk to everybody that I can. I didn't, you know, it's more fun for me. I might as well make it fun. Anyway, sorry. What were we talking? Yes. Yes, go ahead. Yeah. Talking to other owners at the summit. Yeah, no, honestly, definitely one of the highlights of my year so far. I learned so, and you know, it was great because I knew going in there was information I didn't know, but I Mm -hmm. left the summit with information that I didn't even know that I had to know. And I think that was the most viable experience from it all. So you're in your fifth year, and so that means there's no more escape club, and what are you going to do? And then what's the escape club going to do when it's gone? Yeah, are you going to go back and be like, you know, what are they called when you... Alumni? When you, oh, yeah, that's it, alumni. <laughs> <laughs> that's why we have Ruby. She knows everything. No. So in terms of that, I it, since it's our last semester, it's going to be our last semester for escape rooms as well, which is a little sad, but we're definitely to go off with a bang as well. So we have a lot of big plans <laughs> set up for that one. And after university, I'm definitely interested in the, in the fields of marketing or HR. So anything on the quantitative marketing side, event marketing side, or even the recruitment side of HR, or especially working within the escape room industry as well. Uh, mm. um, I think it was just really knowledgeable, especially from the summit, seeing the perspectives of all the owners, mm-hmm. just because it's still, it's such a great industry where almost all other industries are very competitive. This mm-hmm. one's very team oriented in a sense, just because mm-hmm. one escape room kind of dictates your experience for all the other ones around in your area. Sort of mm. all along <laughs> yeah. that lines, I was going to ask about, uh, because I, I known a couple of people coming out of school, either they worked on uh, building an escape room project, like a real, you know, uh, public escape room, uh, coming out of it, working with the prof, got the project off the ground, created this business, and then they left in another person who has a business background, just like yourself, did it for a summer project and then said, you know what, I'm going to take a year off and then actually started a very successful business uh, in Toronto or the GTA. Uh, so, yeah, my question was, uh, after all this, are you actually thinking of diving into this? But, yeah, you kind of answered that. So, 
we'll just leave that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's definitely an industry I'd love to work in. And would you open your own? Yes, eventually I will. Eventually I will. <laughs> <laughs> then you have to watch out for enthusiasts. They're horrible people. <laughs> he thinks we're joking. <laughs> do you do you get enthousi- like student enthusiasts through or are the majority of the people who come through newbies or do you get do you get anybody like any design students that end up coming through and giving feedback at all? That's a good question. I don't remember any design students coming in per se, but we definitely do get a lot of newbies. Hmm. And mm-hmm. we do get some enthusiasts as well. So it's nice to hear good feedback from both the newbies along with enthusiasts as well. And I think I think I actually remember from one of your podcasts where you said you always want to design for newbies in mind anyway. Mm-hmm. Because I remember mm-hmm. when we created our second escape room, it was a casino-themed one. And we just we thought it was really easy. But no one finished under 30 minutes, even after removing additional puzzles. So that was a great learning experience on our end. (laughs) Um, But yeah, because ever since that, then even with our April Fool's one, everyone escaped under time. And some people were just very close to the minute. But that's the experience we're ultimately trying to go for as well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Which makes the perfect sense. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And... Uh, is anyone on your team for like for instance you guys all banded together made an escape club is anyone on your team now totally have aspirations to make escape rooms themselves or are they quite happy to after graduation move on to whatever other career they have set out to do i think they're more on the side of moving on to different aspirations Mm -hmm. but i think Mm -hmm. a lot of them definitely benefit from it because it does give them experience Mm-hmm. definitely yes. want to apply for jobs in the future and even some a lot of them actually play D as well so it's nice <laughs> to have that narrative aspect and our escape rooms relate back to D as well mm. so in terms of i guess the new student players that come to your games have you have you felt that there's resistance in people not wanting to try escape games or, or your your rooms because they just have this i guess preconception that it's it's scary or that it's it physically locks you in or anything like that yeah i know when i do mention it to some of my other colleagues they do have that little bit of a hesitation i was mm-hmm. like oh my gosh i could be a locked room with no way to escape mm-hmm. uh, legally speaking we can't actually lock anyone in the room of so course. that's why yeah. we make all of our objectives all of our escape rooms objective based we're mm-hmm. trying to find a certain object okay in that case but at the end of the day, I remember even for our last one, one of the students within the group went in there and he was just having a really bad day and was just mm. not in the mood to do our escape room. Oh. And the next day, <laughs> I know, and I was like, I couldn't even tell he was because during the next day, one of our members was on the bus overhearing him speaking. Mm-hmm. And he was actually saying to one of his friends on the bus that he was so glad he did that because it actually brightened up his day. Oh, that's good. Oh, yeah. that's good. Heartwarming yeah, just, escape story. It's five star on Yelp. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and honestly, it's just, I just love seeing people do it as well. Just mm-hmm. seeing them interact with the puzzles, reacting the way you expect them to react when they reach certain parts of the room, mm-hmm. and just ultimately being there to help them with their experience, especially for all the ones who are especially doing it for their first time. Mm-hmm. So being on a university, do you have access to like rooms or venues at a cheap rate? Yeah, 
Absolutely. So luckily, what I do, since we're not a ratified club, we team up with other clubs on campus, such as Best Buddies. And they actually book the rooms for us because mm-hmm. since if you're a ratified club on campus, you can book them for free at no cost. Right. <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. Wait, why aren't you a ratified club? <laughs> uh, there's some reasons associated with that one, but uh, <laughs> oh, okay. I mean, other, yeah. I, I mean, if all I've all I've learned is really from like Mob Psycho, and if I if you've ever seen it, that's an anime. Oh, no, okay, okay. I've, 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 anime. I've heard of it before. <laughs> <laughs> and they didn't have, you know, the tele, tele, telepathy club didn't have enough members, <laughs> and so they were going to be cut out, taken over by the bodybuilding club. Sorry. Okay, anybody out there? No mob psycho. Anyway, regardless, I was thinking too, you could probably like team up with the drama club and then you'd have all these actors mm-hmm. and you can have like a, a wild, fantastic adventure around the campus. Yeah, Windsor has a good conservatory program. What? Yeah. I mean, and those actors, they'll be there to overact like nobody's business. It'll be amazing. <laughs> oh, yeah, no, I've definitely thought about that as well. Definitely thought about it. Especially for your Big Bang. Maybe you don't want to like l- l- let anybody Give know what your Big away. Bang is. How many escape rooms do you create in a, in a year then? In a year? Uh, in terms of on campus, about two or three, oh. which is nice. And then there's some other side ones I do. Side ones? like. So I also work in a movie theater as well. And I actually did some escape rooms oh. for them during some of our um, social events. Mm. So I think luckily... At the theater I work with for the birthday rooms, there was a divider between the two rooms. So that was a great opportunity to do a Halloween one where I was able to split them off in two groups. Mm-hmm. Or to have to communicate throughout the walls to solve puzzles, for example. Oh, cute. Oh. Mm-hmm. I have to make, es- I make escape puzzle hunts for my work, too. You know? Mm-hmm. So that's <laughs> you were what, mentioning that earlier. Yeah, that's what I was doing, that's what I was doing this, mor- this afternoon. I was traipsing around downtown. It was funny because the HR person... I uh, was pointing a couple things to me and was asking, so talk, when we're thinking of doing another puzzle hunt, uh, like maybe we should get one of those apps. And then I, she pointed me to this app. I was like, well, if you're going to use an app, maybe you should use Clue Keeper instead. And that's when I pointed them to over to Clue Keeper. And then she was saying, are you, are you know, maybe if we do it in a specific area, we could just hire one of these people. You know, and it was like $4,000. We're going, what? hire someone. Although... <laughs> If I think about it, well, then, you know, then I don't have to create it. And that might mm-hmm. be good. But then, of course, if you hired someone, it's going to be a lame scavenger hunt. And then I just like, no, I hate scavenger hunts. We're not going to do that. That's just <laughs> going to be horrible. I mean, nothing wrong with scavenger hunts. Is this but now it's... a rant on scavenger hunts? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I think scavenger hunts. I mean, technically, what I made is a little bit like a scavenger hunt. And since this is going to be released, oh, quite after mine. Yeah, so... So I have a really... I, I was explaining this to Kyle earlier. Kyle Casillas. You got it. The, nah, nah. <laughs> it's a good thing your name is written out there. Anyway, it's, it's on the Skype call. I can see the name. And Anyway, so I was explaining earlier that I had... Um, I was walking around the path and I decided my phone's really crappy. And so I'm taking pictures of different places around the path. And then they have to go and find those areas. And then that will eventually lead them to another place where they have to uh sorry the pictures then they'll have to solve a puzzle involving those pictures it's also going to involve 
constellations. Why are you looking at me like that, man? I just, I'm just amused that like the man who hates to go outside is sending everybody else outside. Ah, no, but it's not is, outside because it's the path. It's, it's and the it'll path. be air conditioned. Because the biggest worry is that when it's when we're doing this, it's going to be raining. Right. And so for those that are don't know anything about Toronto, we have this underground path underneath downtown Toronto where there's lots of food and restaurants and, and shops. people walk around there and shops. shops. Yeah. And, and it you can spans walk across for like all of the business district. Five or six blocks mm-hmm. uh, and all underground. Yep. I should go visit Ruby. I should have just visited Ruby. When oh, I you was can't down get there. to my building in the path. Oh no, she's exclusive. Oh. No, because oh. I'm close to distillery. <laughs> oh, you're there. That's right. Yeah. You moved, didn't you? Mm-hmm. Sorry. Anyway, so, back to Kyle. <laughs> so, that's right. I also make puzzle hunts, but I only do it for work. I don't really make puzzle hunts. Anyway, you do it for yeah. church too. Actually, I haven't done any for church in a while. Did I do? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, they haven't asked me. Sometimes, I, no, actually, I mostly sometimes do them for my family when they need to do an Easter egg hunt. And I'm thinking, just finding Easter eggs in the backyard, that's lame. Let's make them work. Yeah, you make them work hard. <laughs> They're sitting there doing algebra. <laughs> no, 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 no. I just throw them some easy shape algebra. Uh-huh. Like, you see that often in escape rooms. I'm tired of shape algebra. So this still, has turned from an interview to Kyle yeah, to lecturing I, I was, Kyle what like, not to okay. do for his events. <laughs> no, no, not at all. No, I'll I, take when notes, I make, don't worry. Yeah, no, no. When I, when I do my work ones and ones for my kids, I'll throw them really easy junk puzzles, too. Junk just, puzzles? Yeah. Congratulations, everyone. You get the junk puzzles that Errol doesn't deem worthy of of second thought. Oh, my gosh. Keep... Well, like, I, could, I have to make them in three days. And so, you know, usually my events will take like three months. And so I have to put a lot of effort into it. Get the junk puzzles. <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like when you write a song and you think, okay, I can put thought into this song. Or I could just do the same four chords and just sing about, you know, pickles all day and stuff. Well, like you that. do that every day anyway. No, no, I put more effort <laughs> into into how I sing about those pickles. Anyway, back to Kyle. <laughs> Kyle. Our actual Hi. Guest. <laughs> so okay, I enjoy hearing it, so it's all good. <laughs> So for anybody who wants to kind of set up a similar kind of escape club in any other university, uh, what kind of advice would you give to them? Yeah, I would absolutely say don't be afraid to make any mistakes just Mm -hmm. because this is an environment where you're allowed to make mistakes Mm -hmm. and ultimately Mm -hmm. learn from them as well. Especially if you were to get actually start your own club, definitely speak to your full-time undergraduate student council to see how you can start your club. Okay. Hmm. Um, I don't know how it is at other universities, but I know for hours you need to have at least a minimum of 10 members to be signed up as a club. Okay. Okay. Mm. And just find different opportunities across campus. That's the best opportunity. When we partnered up with the Best Buddies and other campus partners, we noticed that any club needs financing. And since our club kind of acts as the middleman, as an event marketing strategy for clubs, mm-hmm. we're able to fundraise for them. Mm-hmm. So where they don't have to do any work, and they're actually able to not only participate in our events, but also help with all the marketing to attract more people to our events as well. And what are some so kind of... just going around making money for people. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I need yeah. a Kyle in my life. <laughs> 
sorry, Mike, you go ahead. Yeah, so what are some other kind of key skills or key people that uh, would be good to have when starting up a club like this? I would definitely say have people who aren't all the same personalities, first of all. Yeah. And also have people who have never done an escape room. Oh. Because it's always interesting hearing their own expectations. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're familiar with doing everything, it's nice to see where a newcomer will go into it. Okay. To keep that mindful of your design as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that sounds great. I like hearing that, you know, a lot of the people in your group, like, the, there's, yeah, there's the puzzle design and everything, but then there's also people who are doing the marketing and the HR and yeah. and the and the general coordinating, which is something that not everybody going into the escape room industry has uh, or, is, or is anticipating. So to learn about all those aspects is good. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I think a lot of owners themselves, when they start up a business, they don't necessarily have any of those other skills. A lot of them are enthusiasts or they've played games that they really enjoyed and they think it's a great business idea and they want to get into it. But when it comes to marketing, I know for, for us, we've received a lot of requests. It's like, oh, how, how do you do marketing? How do you, you know, generate like SEO? Like, what do you do with online stuff? And mm. it's like, these are very mm-hmm. basic questions that anyone... That, that specialized that in school would would know the answer to. But I think having it being in like a, a small business, something that they're starting up for the first time, it's hard to imagine, I guess, the investment in hiring someone to do those portions and definitely not HR. I don't think I've seen HR departments in any escape rooms. Yeah, definitely. I mean, <laughs> in terms of business skills, I mean, like they learn the basics, but of course, applying those, especially marketing and oh God, social media, uh, you know, learning through the school of hard knocks. I mean, it'd be nice to have some background into into marketing to apply in these kind of cases. So, For sure. Yeah, especially as a business background, I'm sure you can, you can agree with some of these things. A hundred percent. And I will even take it one step further where I find a lot of the game design theory that goes into escape room design and even puzzle creation actually helps with some of my marketing assignments in school, for example, mm. even just marketing the escape rooms in general. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Cool. You have a radio on your university? <laughs> yes, we do. Actually, we do station? have a radio. We do. Oh, you should partner with them, too. Then you can like do puzzle hunts over the radio, <laughs> which can like, you know have other people get know more about the escape club. There's all sorts of resources on you our university. You could embed puzzles into the radio broadcast. <laughs> well, no, no. I, well, that, that too, but you could have like contests on the radio and people who solve it can get stuff. Or Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Sorry. Interesting. I didn't think of that avenue yet, so I'll, I'll definitely <laughs> think about that one. If, if money were no object, if you had more than $50, say, what is an escape room that you would love to design or or try out? Oh, that's a really good question, actually. I know for me, I'm a big, big Super Mario fan. <laughs> I know there'd be a lot of IP rights associated with that one. <laughs> but <laughs> if there was no restrictions required, I'd definitely want to do some kind of Super Mario escape room. Yeah. <laughs> cool. A lot of jumping. Very colorful. And a lot of flowers. <laughs> Sitting at you, yeah. And again, if you could do it for Things fifty dollars, you'd be the jealousy of every escape owner possible. <laughs> it's all made out of cardboard. You also, you also said that you have you you also program things to do things like the music going off. Do you have access to a lot of Arduinos, or do you have access to a lot of tech, or do you have access to a whole tech 
area, like the shop mechanics, and they can build you really complicated devices and boxes and <laughs> gears and steampunk things. That'd be cool. No, that would definitely be cool if we had one of those. <laughs> um, uh, a lot of our rooms are low tech. So a lot of the time it'll be a laptop with a program we coded onto it to connect it to a projector. I did buy an Escape Keeper Jr. actually for one of our mm. other holiday move other holiday escape rooms we've done, which is Holidays of the Movies, mm. where you put an RFID inside of a little teddy bear, and once you put it on, I think it was like a popcorn mm-hmm. bag, then it opened up one of the back locks we had. Nice. So it's always nice seeing able to even experiment with the tech yeah. inside of rooms as well. It's nice to have all these like resources, um, I guess, that you can use at a low budget, but also because you don't have certain things, it gets you to think outside of the box to create games that, I guess a large amount of people can play and also still enjoy. So I think it it really helps to bring out the creativity and the design in the games that are different from what an escape owner would necessarily do with an actual venue. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. And I guess you literally hit the nail on how we said it out of the box because mm-hmm. a lot of us stuff are is out of cardboard stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> but even taking different inspiration, just not from doing escape rooms that I've done within Windsor, mm-hmm. but a lot of it from even just, I love to look at different Mario Party minigames mm. and seeing how I can incorporate those skills into mm. escape room puzzles no. as well. That's smart. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even no, especially through my current job as an orientation coordinator, I know I'm responsible for training mm-hmm. and I definitely get to have a puzzle and just scale it to a larger group for that event as well. Oh, wow. And even when I was working at the career office, I always told students you always wanted to see when writing a resume and see us as a puzzle. Mm-hmm. Seeing like where you strategically you want to place all of your positions, your profile skills, your education, and all that stuff as well. Mm-hmm. For maximum points. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> what about a laser cutter? Do you have access to a laser cutter? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Do you have access to a 3D printer? <laughs> oh, you never know. Maybe he has access to laser cutters and 3D printers. He doesn't need all that stuff. He has student labor for $50. No, student labor is free. The $50 is for the material. True. Yeah, but but if you're at like a university, sometimes you get access to that. You're like imagining the best university in the world that has all the -the state-of-the-art facilities. I don't know. I I haven't been to university in decades. I remember when we were at Ryerson and we were looking at it. Cyril's story time again. Yeah, it's Errol's story time now. <laughs> it's time for one of Errol's stories. Actually, it's funny because we were explaining to someone. Is this a story on top of the story? <laughs> <laughs> it's a story that spun off my a friend, story. And he was surprised because I would be able to tell a joke for an hour. One oh, yeah. joke. And he was like, what? You mean, is, this, is it a joke you made up? No, it's a joke with a punchline. I could just extend it for an hour. This is what I do to my children when we're in the car. And then they... <laughs> They get really upset because I'll expend, I'll make this joke go on for an hour, literally an hour. Yeah, and then they'll interrupt you saying like, "Just get to it," and then you'll say, "Oh, I forgot where I was," and you'll start over again. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! But then there's side stories of all the characters. Anyway, and go back to your story. Anyway, so yeah, what was I talking about? Oh, right, 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 Ryerson. right, right. It was we were at Ryerson. Oh yeah. And I noticed that they had, like, you know, all this podcast equipment there. It was amazing. They were in some sort of room. There was all these really fancy-looking mics, and they had access to... Anyway, they had access to all sorts of stuff. So I figured, you know, maybe Windsor has access to all sorts of stuff, like laser cutters and, and 3D printers and those... You know, that cool thing that shows 
levels of sand elevations. You don't need that at all, but I thought that was cool too. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what it's called, but I know what you're talking about, but nobody else is going to know what you're talking about. Nope, I have no idea. <laughs> oh, badge readers. Badge readers also would be a good thing because, you know, badge readers are everywhere. Okay, are you just going to keep listing off tech? <laughs> so poor Kyle's going to be It's a great like, way to gate things. I think the answer is no. It doesn't oh, have well, access maybe. to he it. He might. We could might. Wait, for, wait for him we to could answer ask us. Him. Sorry, Kyle. Oh, no, it's all good. Um, in terms of all the technology you said, I'm pretty sure we have a 3D printer at our university that I'm aware of. As for the other ones, I'm not too sure. They might be in the engineering building, I want to say, but I don't spend a lot of time in that building. So. Oh, time to make friends. So you need to you need to go to the engineering building and say, you guys need an escape room. <laughs> oh, I got your yeah. Yeah. Project for you guys. Like- yeah. <laughs> that's right. Oh my gosh, that's right. <laughs> You could you could tell them you could be part of my club. I mean, yeah. Engineers tend to be a little, you know, like in their own secret little society. But like the escape room club is pretty exclusive. Mm-hmm. That's totally you could do a whole secret society thing because that's what all universities are about. Are just secret societies. And actually, the only thing I know about that is like when I watched Buffy, there was that one secret society. Okay, but they always end up being like cursed or something. Yeah, see, you could totally do an escape room on that. Okay, you could, like, so so up. far we've you're basing university experiences on an anime and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, that's true. It's pretty much. I don't know much about university. And Buffy was during high school. <laughs> oh, I can't remember. They all look old. Like, how am I supposed to I believe mean, that? I guess the same goes for Riverdale. Yes, uh, they're also in anyway. high school. Okay. <laughs> Like a particularly tangenty episode. <laughs> uh, no, no, we're talking about university. All sorts of things we know. I, I haven't been to university in like twenty over twenty yes, years. So. You said that before, so, Kyle. You mentioned playing escape rooms in Windsor. Have you gotten the chance to play much outside of Windsor yet, or are you admired in student life? <laughs> Definitely admired in student life. But I did play yeah. a few of them outside of Windsor. Definitely a few in Peterborough. And I did one nice. in Toronto as well when I went last summer. And it was pretty fun. Yeah. What kinds of things do you enjoy most in escape rooms? And you try then do you try to implement those things into your own rooms as well? Are you getting him to admit he steals things from escape rooms? There's no such thing as stealing. <laughs> Gosh darn it. It's like, they stole my black light puzzle. Right? Like, come on. Until you come start on. bringing up exact examples, then the, the owners come out of the woodwork. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think the major part for me is when I leave escape room, not only that I feel accomplished, but knowing like my whole team knows that everyone had their own hero moment within that room. Hmm. That's definitely something mm-hmm. like I like to include within our own escape rooms. Nice. And mm-hmm. I can tell when specific teams have accomplished that as well. Hmm. Because even when designing all the puzzles in our room, like I mentioned earlier, because our team is a little more diverse, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. we want to make sure that different personalities can respond to different puzzles easier. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we might have visual puzzles that will relate more to the more artistic ones. Or even if there's more that rely on communication, we'll have our natural leaders kind of take the step up using that communicating role as well. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, just a quick question about your puzzle design. Because it's catered to university students mainly, do you find that they're a little more, mm, I don't want to use the word cerebral, but uh, compared to the ones that you've done out in the public, like in Windsor, in the Peterborough, and the GTA? 
Because, of course, like when you cater, you make your puzzles, you kind of want to cater it to your audience. And you said that you cater it to newbies, but um, I don't know, uh, you do it to the various specialties. So uh, maybe do you have any examples that you could share? Yeah, absolutely. So we always, since we don't actually have an actual facility that we use all the time, we always have to look at which group we're assigned and see what we can make the most out of it. Mm-hmm. So, for example, if you see a whiteboard on the room, a great trick that we like to do is we will usually draw something on the whiteboard with permanent marker, <laughs> use a washable marker, and just draw things around it. And then eventually the players will find an erase board marker. Uh, I got mm-hmm. So when they erase the drawing, they'll see like a number or a letter in there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How do you anyway. get rid of the permanent stuff? You just use oh, okay. an erasable Fun marker fact, over it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly what Ruby said. <laughs> Fun. <laughs> You use what over A it? whiteboard marker, a fresh one. Just draw over the lines and then just wipe it down. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah I've, I've had done to that, do I a think. lot of that at work oh. when people are silly enough to use permanent markers on the whiteboard walls that we have. Oh. I would be one of those silly people who did that at first. <laughs> <laughs> but then but then you got a brilliant idea out of it. Exactly. You learn from your mistakes, None of the right? Like, work at sure. my work. <laughs> What's a... Uh, Oh, I was going to say, how long do your escape, your pop-ups last? Is it like just a day-long event or do you try to extend it out for a couple days or so? I know when we started, yeah, so we'd keep them as 30-minute escape rooms. And then we generally, when we started, we did about three days worth. But we found that we had a lot of dead time in between. Hmm. So we reduced it hmm. down to one day and we found there was more pressure to actually go for it just because you had that one day to go mm-hmm. to it. Mm-hmm. And it was more, oh. exactly, it was more viable for not only us, but also for the other members as well. Hmm. It's like mm-hmm. one day only. Go and do it now. If you don't, you lose out. Yeah. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. And we borrowed things from the engineering crew, like their laser cutter. <laughs> so you're missing out on cool things. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely don't. Even for our last one, I definitely plan on giving a five hundred dollar prize away mm. because I think the way I want to market it is to go towards different student groups mm. because I know funding will be a little more difficult this year for student groups. Okay. So having that as an incentive is a great way not only to draw members in, but really gives them that team bonding experience at a very very low cost for them as well. Mm-hmm. Have you ever had the professors come play? I've had professors, but I've had different administrative offices such as the IT department and the career development office play oh. and I have to say it's one of my favorite things to watch <laughs> they get really really into it because <laughs> he starts the adults jumping around and they were so obsessed with trying to get the fastest time uh-huh. with doing it so it was it was just great to see that that kind of segues into my question a bit which was uh, yeah like do you notice in amongst I don't know if you can tell like which types of students are coming to which escape rooms whether different departments are targeted or anything but do you notice like a difference in play styles with with different types of students like for instance do the drama students play a different way than the science students or you can't really tell who's coming uh, because it's open to all yeah so for the most part we can't really tell who's coming and even i guess it'd be a little more difficult to say all the engineers play a certain way or all the business students right. play a certain way in that sense. But even without knowing that, it's still very interesting to see all the team dynamics. And it tells us mm-hmm. for the future and how we should design puzzles as well. 
seeing that, okay, maybe that doesn't work as well as we thought. Do you try to take any kind of analytics, like from surveys or things like that? Or We've tried to do surveys, but there's always a time crunch, and it's the last thing we're never able to do. <laughs> but I make sure I always try uh. to ask during the debrief, what was everyone's favorite puzzle? What was their least favorite puzzle? And surprisingly enough, whenever I do the debrief section, I'll always have people say they hated a certain puzzle, but they also loved it at the same time. Because <laughs> okay. mm. I think they liked That's having good. that frustration and having that aha moment mm-hmm. in the end. I was being good. I had questions and I didn't interrupt. Now I forgot. <laughs> no, they're looking at me like, oh, no, no. They weren't important questions. They're silly questions that I always have. Now I can't remember what they were. Were they silly questions that would lead into another story that you would tell? Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, were they just more arrow stories? Okay, we have our answer. This one, this one was ever so, so slightly better than the last one, which was 40% Errol's story. What? Which one? Oh, no, no, it wasn't. I was not 40%. Poor Randy. <laughs> Oh yeah, that was a fun. That was a fun day, though. So, of we've talked about like your favorite designs and stuff. Is there anything that you kind of look back and we we kind of ask puzzle designers this as well? It's like, are there any puzzles that you your first puzzles, for instance, that you were kind of embarrassed about, or something that you learned from? Actually, like, what was the most important lesson puzzle design wise that you learned, other than make them easier? It was actually from. A really important lesson I learned for the summit and something I've always been struggling with was how do I make sure that everyone keeps busy in a room? Mm. Mm. And it was during Scott Nicholson's lecture at the Escape Summit. And his answer wasn't even regarding this question directly, but he mentioned a small part when he designs games for TV. He said he has to make everything large Mm -hmm. because not only does it look good for an audience, but it got me thinking, oh my gosh, that's the best way to keep people involved make the puzzles larger so everyone's able to actually work on it instead of just having like a paper puzzle, for example. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So even when I look at my most recent designs, I can see myself subconsciously including that. But now that I explicitly saw that, that's definitely something I always want to continue going on with. Totally. I totally I feel like that agree. might not apply to every puzzle, though. Come on, life-size oh, yeah. chessboard? Have to move the chess pieces <laughs> all around? No, no, we've seen that. But I mean, there, there's been stuff that we've seen where it was like bigger than me, but only two people can work on it. Mm. Well, another thing twice. is, you know, for example, when when people desperately have to put a logic puzzle inside of an escape room, <laughs> and I'm not the hugest fan of that, but when you have to do it, it's great if they put all the rules up where everybody can read them mm-hmm. as opposed to just one person. Like, I was really happy I remember doing my, the wedding event. Remember when all those shields were up on the wall with all these pictures and these names? They were perfect because everybody could, could see, see all of them from mm-hmm. any point in the room. And I was like, ah, oh, this is great for a, a puzzle because people could see it. So, yes, definitely. Having things that are large and viewable and so that more than one person can... Oh, it drives me insane when only one person can work on something. <laughs> yes. Yes. No, 100% too. Because then not only do you feel like you're losing out on experience, but then from the designer perspective, you can visibly see people almost just stand around being bored. 
Yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. These kids have phones and they're taking it out and then they're doing their TikTok or whatever TikTok. university kids do on their phones now. <laughs> we could ask Kyle. He knows. <laughs> well, it's actually, it's funny you bring up phones because I remember for our most recent one we did, we actually had our very first group go in and one of the puzzles was you had to read the Prankster's Journal and it correlated to a bunch of headlines you saw in the room. And imagine one of those detective offices where you see a bunch of string connecting to different articles there at time. Oh, yeah. And the goal of it was you had to read your journal article and you'd see numbers form as you connect the article titles. But what our first group did, and I'm glad they kind of did this, they took a picture of all the articles we had posted and then they decided to rip off all oh. the articles off the board that were strategically placed. It started organizing it in the way to solve the puzzle. And we're like, oh, no. <laughs> I got so scared. <laughs> Oops. But in that sense, I'm glad they took a picture beforehand. Because in that way, we'll be able to recreate it much faster. So especially since we had another group coming about, I think, 10 minutes after them. Oh, gosh. Well, that's wow. really nice. Mm-hmm. It's great that they took a picture. That's quite the forethought on those people. Oh, yeah. In case they had to put it oh, back. Yeah. yeah, no, that was definitely, definitely a lifesaver on our end. <laughs> if they would allow us phones in rooms, we could do that before we start moving. So we things. could just start destroying everything. Well, no, just in go. case an escape room decides that things have to be location dependent. Yeah, we can take a picture before moving it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Owners, let us have our phones. <laughs> Let's Some protest. Do let us have it. They just say you can't use it in the room. Some do let you. Anyway, so that's. Super exciting, and it was really great talking to you, Kyle, about the escape club. When I when I, when I heard there was one, I'm like, I think I don't think I've ever heard of anyone starting an escape club yet. So, well, there's Bill Chang, he has an escape club. I don't know what he does at his escape club, though. Okay, well then, Errol just didn't tell me, and now I look like a fool. Well, I, I, sorry, poor Bill. It was just funny. He's like, I think it's just him in his club. No, I'm kidding, Bill. If you're listening. <laughs> So first, you insult me for not knowing it, and then you insult Bill. Oh, I'm boy. not insulting you. <laughs> I know, I know. Oh. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us tonight, Kyle. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Like, honestly, it's like a dream come true right now to speak on this podcast. Oh, yay. <laughs> Get to hear all of Errol's life stories. Live. <laughs> Them. I did my best at not repeating any stories. That's good. There we go. Right. Get... And so if you know you have other charity opportunities and stuff, if there's anybody who would like to hire your escape club to do pop-ups and stuff, is there any website they can find you at? Yeah, so we have our escape artists at U Windsor Facebook social media pages where you can find all the previous <laughs> ones done along with information regarding the other ones upcoming. Uh, because it might be ending soon, it might be a little more difficult because December is probably our cutoff date. But if there's a lot of requests after December and we want to do it, I'd be more than glad to, especially if we would just be reusing our pop-ups already. Mm-hmm. Cool. Nice. Mm. Well, thanks very much. And thanks, Kyle. Good luck with the rest of the semesters, I guess. Yeah. Thank you so much. Once again, keep thank us you so updated. much for having me. Oh, I shall. Yeah. I shall. Yeah. You will. <laughs> and if you're in Toronto doing rooms, you can also contact us. Yeah. I like eating. 
Yes. yes, eating and talking about escape rooms. That's what we do. And, and my stories. And your, yeah. He likes you talking. Your old man Errol's stories. <laughs> His tall tales. Poor Kyle. So at the very beginning of this podcast, it was a, we were here almost like like a 10, 20 minutes beforehand. And I, and I had to not ask him questions because I wanted to ask him questions on the podcast itself. And so I'm just talking at Kyle the yep. whole time. Yeah. Just telling him other stories about me and about life. Lucky guy. Which you're still I mean, doing. They were good stories, so <laughs> he's being nice, right? Because yes. it's on a live public or not live, public, public podcast. Anyway, I turned the camera on so you can see Manpans talk us out. Hooray. Yay. <laughs> we do this only for people who actually know what happens at the very end of our podcast. You do it for everybody. Ooh, then they just sort of like, what just happened? They just don't know what's happening. <laughs> okay. I mean, I think oh, we yeah. did the live podcast at Peterborough as well. Yes. Yes. yes well, you that did, was, you did that see was that. great because... Uh, because yeah. I, cause cause I swore. swore <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Specifically at Scott. Okay. Oh. Room Escape Divas is brought to you by Inverse Genius. You can go to inversegenius.com. Don't even do it. If you spill it, if you spill it. Yes, it's ink. Yes, I gave that to your daughter. Oh, you're the reason that Karen spilled it and you just gave it? Poor Karen. I'll tell you another story. <laughs> <laughs> you can also email us at roomescapedivas at gmail.com. I do want to hear the story. but uh, you and do? If, oh, yeah, well, first. I want to know, did she spill the ink? <laughs> I like hearing your stories just when we have a guest. Oh. You go to Facebook, you could use the, uh, you can click the like button, and if you are using Twitter, you could use the hashtag R-E-Divas. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.